This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome to The Playlist Podcast, a weekly discussion of films and TV. I'm your host, Charles Barfield, Managing Editor of The Playlist. And for this week's episode, I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Mike D'Angelo, and we're going to ask the question, what if? So, Mike, are you ready to travel through the Marvel multiverse on the shoulders of a big, bald alien? <laughs> or what if, and follow me on this one here, we just talk about the uh, fan theories for Spider-Man. Well, we'll we'll get to that, actually, because it does... <laughs> So, okay, let's let's backtrack before we, we blow people's minds I've here. I've already fucked everything up. Yeah, so <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about Marvel Studios' first foray into animation on Disney Plus in the new series titled What If. This is inspired by the comic book series of the same name, What If, and it takes place in the MCU and takes these stories you know, flips them on their head, asking simple questions like, what if Peggy Carter got the super soldier serum instead of Steve, Ro- Steve Rogers, for example? Uh, as you might expect, even just one simple change in the story kind of alters everything, and the series kind of banks on that, showing you what might happen if such and such happens. So all that kind of comes on the heels of Loki, which we discovered a couple weeks ago or three weeks ago now, kind of just opened the gates, the floodgates to the multiverse, which, as Mike hinted to, is expected to be explored in Spider-Man 3, though that hasn't been confirmed, and will definitely uh, pay dividends in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. So. I also, before we get into the discussion, I want to let you guys know that uh, after Mike and I talk what if, non-spoilers, by the way, I'm going to segue into a recent interview I conducted with two people responsible for bringing what if to Disney+, Plus, director Brian Andrews and head writer AC Bradley. It's a pretty great conversation where they talk quite a bit about not stepping on other filmmakers' toes and how Ryan Coogler offered up some invaluable help for one of the episodes involving Black Panther, plus much more. But before we get to all that multiversal awesomeness, I got to tell you the Playlist Podcast is part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes Be Real, The Fourth Wall, Deep Focus, and more. And if you want to find us, you can check your podcast app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your favorite shows. All right, Mike, let's jump into it. Yeah. We're lucky enough that we caught the first three episodes of What If. These are the ones that Marvel shared with the press. Obviously, when people listen to this, they'll only have seen maybe the first episode, which premieres this week. So we're not going to get into spoilers really at all. That said, if you want to go in completely cold, I don't suggest listening to this podcast right now or the interview because, you know, we're going to just talk about plot points in a, in a broad sense, but we will tell you kind of what if questions are being asked. So just so you know, um, that all said, Mike, what did you think of what if overall in the three episodes that we've seen? Um, I really like it so far. I think it's it's a solid like little uh, storytelling mechanism for Marvel to kind of vent out these uh, alternate universe stories that can pop up, much like the comic book was. It was just yeah. kind of like this. Hey, wh- what if this happened? And and a lot of times it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. And they none of the choices they make as far as the characters go, rung like super false for me or 
uh, I didn't really butt up against anything. I thought they made a lot of really interesting choices for both the main and the side characters in, in what happens when these alternate, you know, realities occur. Um, uh, and like we were saying, or you were saying offline, it definitely hits um, like a strong point when it's not leaning on what's happened before too much. Um, right. So just so people know, the first two episodes are basic remixes on origin stories that we've seen. And though they're fun and, and somewhat surprising, they're just remixes, nothing earth shattering. But the third episode, um, which is the last one we saw, kind of flips everything on its head and offers kind of a, a true, in my estimation, a true kind of what if scenario that has uh, pretty surprising consequences. I'll say that. Yes. And what I will say is each episode they go through at such a breakneck pace yeah. because they're retelling like movies in 30 minute stories. So they're <laughs> yeah. busting through plot like crazy and it feels really like rushed. Um, so I would love it if they were like hour longs or maybe if they made a, I guess eventually we'll, we'll see if they have like part one, two and three, you know, kind of style things where they do a continuation of a, an episode that was a hit you know, in the previous season or uh, whatever it might be. But I definitely want to see more story as far as uh, some of these some of these episodes go. I, actually, all of them. I would take more of all of them so far. Yeah, um, I think especially episode three. That's yeah, a big one. I think episode three kind of ends on a point where you're like, wow, I would love to see what happens next because <laughs> it's it's again without giving anything away it's just a completely different universe it really does flip the mcu on its head um in a way that's shocking and and ultimately just like leaves a smile on your face because marvel went there which is great um mm -hmm. for me like i like uh like you said you know it's just like the comics right the comics by and large were just one issue what if each you know, on the uh, on the cover, most of the time they had like the full question, what if so-and-so was so-and-so, you know, mm -hmm. and then the they would spend 22 pages kind of fleshing that out and kind of playing it as far as they deemed worthy. And that's kind of what they do here. They do. It, this is definitely not a show for the MCU newbie. Um, no, it not. does, especially those first two episodes does play into the idea that you already know these characters pretty well. You know what happens in Captain America, the first Avenger. You know what happens in Guardians of the Galaxy. So when they skip around, like you were saying, you know, and, and kind of fast forward through things, you have to kind of just fill in the blanks in your head. Um, they also, again, a lot of the reveals and a lot of the characterizations that are completely changed aren't going to mean anything unless you're, you're a fan of the, sh the movies. Again, that seems kind of obvious, right? Like if you're watching What If and you've never seen an MCU thing, like what are you doing wrong? But I think it does <laughs> it does deserve to, to be mentioned because this is just, you know, it's a fun exercise, but it's really for fans only. Um, yeah. well, wouldn't you agree? I, yes, but they're still very enjoyable and entertaining either way. My- Oh yeah. <laughs> funny, funny story. Uh, my two-year-old, love superheroes we I, we showed it to him way too early but he came downstairs while we were watching the first three episodes and I, and he saw you know someone he really likes and i was like um you can mention the characters just not you know maybe the the situations yeah he saw star lord's helmet okay. and he was like uh, and obviously he's seen parts of guardians of the galaxy and he likes you know the baby Groot stuff so i was just like all right come on up 
you're gonna you can you can watch this and he watched all of them and sat completely still and really liked you know and was entertained by them so it's not like i know he was definitely confused by some characters that were you know maybe bad and and suddenly were good or this person wasn't necessarily that person um so yeah he's that's that's not it i'm all <clears throat> sorry all i'm saying <laughs> is it's not uh necessarily something that can't be entertaining if you're unfamiliar no and i think a large part of that so this is really nerdy but but bear with me for a second here over the years if you followed marvel and animation um dating back to even like the x-men tv shows back in the 90s in comparison to dc who has is this uh the obvious big competition They've DC has been doing like really solid animated stuff for years, decades even. And Marvel has always kind of been the, the second tier animation uh, superhero studio. But this for me is like truly a huge step forward for Marvel in terms of just animation and production value. These these cartoons look great. Um, they're, they're almost, I got vibes from, uh, Spider-Verse a little bit mm -hmm. with how it mimicked the idea of like, you know, what a comic book looks like. It's not nearly as, as stylistic as Spider-Verse, but no, that's th this, a lot of money right there. This isn't Pixar 3d animation. This isn't uh classic Disney 2d animation. It's somewhere in between. It almost, it almost look painted. It's, it's very interesting. And I think just on an animation standpoint, it's it's worth watching that alone because it's it's really great and you can tell they didn't you know uh just rest on their laurels and expect people to come for the the actors and the story they they really did make a beautiful show so yeah. in that it sense very much is like comic book animation come to life i know that it's it's said a lot but that it really rings for rings true for this Right. And there are moments that, you know, it's it's it almost feels kind of like those old uh, serials um, mm. where the animation isn't like thoroughly overproduced and feels super like, uh, you know, smooth and, and futuristic. This animation feels kind of retro. Like I wouldn't have been shocked. I mean, obviously, it's the technology is greater, but some of the parts of this looked like, a, you know, a cartoon from like the 60s or 70s in a great way. Hmm. I didn't oh. get that vibe necessarily. <laughs> I, I am. Again, a little... I said it was nerdy. I am a little anal retentive when it comes to lips and cartoons, not yeah. really lining up with the voices. And that, I mean, it's not as perfect as some other things are in this show, but I, I came around to it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if you are somebody like us who grew up with like, Oh God, the, the X-Men animation is, you know, we love the X-Men anime animated series from the nineties, but that animation is rough and <laughs> let's not even like we're talking they also did like the hulk and avengers and all silver surfer all of these shows from the 90s these cartoons were just not good and then they over the years they've tried these little spin-off movies that just weren't good and all the while disney's releasing like these features that are like really great and you're as a marvel fan you're just like well damn it and, you and mean dc not disney Oh, I'm sorry. DC, DC comics. Yes. Yeah. Um, Disney has been releasing good animation for years too. Little known fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, for years, DC is releasing these features that are great and, and really look awesome and are well-produced. And, and finally Marvel has something they can hang their hat on and be like, we can do animation too. So that just made me happy as a nerd. Um, yeah. So one other thing I want to talk to you guys, talk to you about is the, we, I mentioned the voice actors. Um, the first episode, it's no surprise, is about Peggy uh, Carter, 
played by Haley Atwell in the movies. And it's about her getting the super soldier serum, becoming Captain Carter. And it's great because they use Haley Atwell as the voice actor, you know, and Stanley Tucci and all these people from Sebastian Stan, all these people come back to to voice it. Uh, In the second episode, it focuses on uh, Guardians with the Black Panther twist and Chadwick Boseman gives one of his final performances as I, well, I say one of, it, it, he only gave, his final performance is in What If. We just don't know if he shows up in more episodes or not. Um, and it's really great, but there are some omissions. Uh, Chris Evans, not in the, the show. Scarlett Johansson, not in the show. Robert Downey Jr., not in the show. Did you, at any point when you saw their characters, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Black Widow, or, or Steve Rogers, when the voice came out and it wasn't those people, did you, did you get taken aback at all? Uh, I expected to be. So I think I did out of kind of like reflex, but then once you, you're kind of listening to the voices and a lot of times my wife would go, is that actually Scarlett Johansson? Because like Lake Bell, who, who plays, she's her, great is really good. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry. I don't know who, who does RDJ and Chris Evans stuff, but they did pretty well too. Um, I, I definitely noticed they were different, but I wasn't like, oh, that that blows. That is not a good freaking voice choice for this for this. So they obviously did their their due diligence to find someone who was close enough uh, and could and could get the job done. But it's not a caricature either. That's that's what I wanted to mention is at no point is it somebody doing an RDJ impression. It, right. it rings true to the character. It sounds a little bit like RDJ, but it's not some guy doing Robert Downey Jr. Um, the same with Chris Evans. It, 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 it helps that you're looking at somebody um, represented on screen, even though it's an animation that they're clearly modeling it after the, the real life counterparts somewhat, um, especially for people like Nick Fury, who, you know, is, is always Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. You need Sam for that one. Yeah. But, but it helps that you see the face and it's just the voice is a little different. It was to the point where I knew Chadwick Boseman, was playing T'Challa, but I don't know if it was because it's an animation or whatever, but there was something about his voice that felt a little different. And I was like, well, did they get somebody other than Bozeman to do it? That's weird. <laughs> and and so, you know, it, it, it blurs the lines enough that I don't think it's distracting at all. Yeah, if anything, the the ones that are distracting are the ones that are who yeah. they are in the, in the movies, uh, where you're like, oh man, they got him. There's yeah. a pretty big one in episode two where I was like, oh shit. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trying not to say it. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. So of the three, we talked about how the first two are remixes and, and just in a broad, uh, discussion, they remix the first Avenger in the first one, but with Peggy Carter and they remix guardians of the galaxy, um, in a way that while it is a remix of the origin story, it does kind of go in its own different direction kind of mixing both guardians up a little yeah. bit As and then each story goes on they kind of diverge more and more from right and and, and uh, i wanted to transition into uh if there were any disappointments for you because mm. for me the disappointment is that the first two kind of stuck true to this this formula that it didn't feel like i it was really kind of coming into its own until that third episode and then that's the last one i could watch so i was kind of bummed um did you, I, I, I just want them to go a little further, I guess. Mm. What do you think? I mean, I could, I could get on board with that. I, all I wanted was, was every time an episode ended was, I was like, man, I wish that was longer because everything felt so rushed. Like I said before, it just, 
I think they would benefit from a, a longer format or at least breaking these into multiple parts. But even then, these episodes still feel super rushed. Um, but rushed even, in the sense of storytelling, not in like look or presentation. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, they're they're plotted out, you know, very well, but it's just, it is blasting through at a, a, a really fast pace. So um, if you watch the final season of Game of Thrones, it's that type of pacing. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's definitely, yeah. I, I was a lot more on board with the first two episodes than probably you were just, I, I thought they made some really interesting choices that kept me like going, oh, interesting. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much what the first two were, 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 were me, was me kind of sitting there going, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I want to see more of that. And then the third one hit and I'm like, nice. I want to see more of that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think, so I don't know this for certain, but the uh, people that we interviewed and have done other interviews as well. And I think they've, they've mentioned that Captain Carter returns and there are multiple uh, appearances of other characters throughout the first, I think it's like nine episodes of this season. So we are going to see some continuations, which are nice. And I think they even mentioned that Captain Carter is coming back for season two, um, which is cool. So you will, you will ideally get a few uh, moments with each of these characters, even if the first episode you see them in is a bit rushed. That's my hope. Now that could all come to be, you know, hogwash and, and we don't <laughs> see any of that. Fiddle faddle. Fiddle faddle. Yes. <laughs> Um, but if we end up do, do see more of that, it would be kind of nice, um, to, you know, then kind of rearrange them and see like your, make your own little mini movies with these characters, which would be kind of fun. Um, yeah, that would be cool. speaking of the characters, uh, of the first three episodes, the first one, like I said, it's captain Carter. And I think they're setting up Peggy to be kind of the star slash figurehead of the what if movement, right? Like mm -hmm. she's kind of at the center of the, the trailers and the promotion and the marketing stuff. And it's really great because it's a striking image of seeing somebody else with a shield, uh, yeah. a female with a shield. Um, so obviously I think she seems like the obvious choice to show up in live action down the line, mm, Dr. Strange. And <laughs> I'm, I'm curious with, with her out of the question, cause I, I think it's going to happen. Do you hope to see some of these other characters show up in live action um, or are you just content with them sticking in animation? Hmm. I mean, yeah, everything in that, that Captain Carter universe, I, I think they made a lot of interesting choices that I wouldn't mind seeing in a live action format. Mm -hmm. But as far as characters that were in other episodes, I mean, a, a lot of those we've seen in live action format. We haven't yeah. seen Captain Carter in live action. Um, these are just different versions of the characters we've seen. So I guess that one is the one that stands out most because you just don't get that. I don't know if there were any others where it's like, hmm. I mean, there are characters that I don't want to spoil. Right. And those are probably the ones that I want to dive further into. But uh, so far, no, I, Captain Carter is, is by far like, give me a, a Captain Carter movie. Absolutely. <laughs> I would watch it. I don't, I don't know if I, I need like a full movie again um, because the first episode kind of kind of lays out everything. Like we don't need a, a live action origin, but I am excited because, you know, talking, we talked about Spider-Man. I don't think these characters are showing up in the Spider-Man movie. We'll just say that. But Dr. Strange, it's no secret, the title or the word multiverse is in the title. We're going to go to the multiverse. 
And I, I think it would be really cool to just take a moment and see the Captain Carter universe and have her featured for, even if it's a cameo, I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, the same with uh, T'Challa from C- from episode two. Obviously, that's a little trickier yeah, considering yeah. Chadwick <laughs> That would have been the only all. other one. But, but yeah, you can't really do that. Yeah, I think I think that that one would have been neat. Um, and and I will say, without spoiling anything again, what they do with T'Challa in a what if kind of shows the the strength of the show as well, which is they take these characters, throw them in incredible circumstances that are very different, but the the heart of the characters still remain. Like yeah. the 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 Peggy Carter gets the super soldier here and becomes Captain Carter, but it's still Peggy Carter. She's not, you know a completely different character. Um, and, and so that's, that's kind of nice to see as well, but yeah. Are you excited about all this multiverse stuff or is it too much already? Me? Oh, yeah. I'm all in dude. Yeah. Make it super complicated. I don't care. <laughs> is this complicated? That That's I a good question. So, so okay. far. No. Yeah. Cause each episode starts with kind of an introduction from the watcher who's played by Jeffrey Wright, voiced by Jeffrey Wright, I should say. Perfect. And cast. yeah, of course. And in it, he kind of just lays out like, you know, what if, you know, in that voice. And he says, and then one thing changes that, you know, and I just, I wonder, I hope that it doesn't throw people for a loop. I hope that Loki kind of laid the groundwork enough that people understand the multiverse. And this is kind of like the dip your toes in a little bit before we really dive into it. Um, So, yeah. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Uh, Any last thoughts before we we stop this discussion because again we're we're leaving it spoiler free because we don't want to to ruin the fun. Yeah, obviously if we can't talk spoilers, I can't say what I want to say, so screw that. But it is a very enjoyable watch. I think people who are just kind of waiting for Marvel to have a movie come back out uh, and aren't <laughs> looking forward to Shang-Chi, maybe they just want to check out what if for a little while and and kind of dive into that until Eternals comes out. <laughs> We're not going to get into the Shang-Chi stuff, but uh, <laughs> let's just say that as of this recording, a lot of questions uh, about Shang-Chi and the current state of Marvel movies um, being released in theaters, I should say. Um, so we'll we'll have to see what happens. But yeah, I think this is a really cool diversion. I know that that is used kind of in a negative way a lot of times, but I think it kind of sums this up pretty well. This isn't one you have to watch. Um, but I think if you're an Uber fan, if you're somebody who likes animation, if you're somebody who just wants to like soak up more of these characters, this is, this is fun. Um, it's again, it's not going to blow your socks off probably, but it's going to keep you entertained week in and week out. And I'm excited to see the rest of it. Uh, I just hope that they go far. I hope they, they really do go for it. So we'll yeah, see. I hope these, la- the last episodes really start to take what episode three uh, kind of did as a as a mission statement and go for it i i here's one more question before we wrap up for you <laughs> uh i'm sorry that just that just made me think of something one of the things that i noticed in this in this series is that it sticks to the mcu pretty hard um there's no like surprise cameos from from characters you may not may be hoping to see in live action down the line that you haven't yet right like there's, right. there's no, you know, X-Men showing up. That's not a spoiler, but um, this is animation and this is the MCU and they do seemingly have a pretty unlimited budget when it comes to animation, you know, you can do whatever. Um, so do you think that we'll see some surprise uh, cameos, some, some surprise actors joining and, and playing characters that they may introduce down the line? 
or is this just going to be a celebration of the MCU? Yeah, I lean towards the latter. Yeah, I would love to to see some some new stuff, but that's not really the place to introduce somebody unless you're doing like a throwback to the old X-Men cartoons and they're somehow brought into this. That would be fun. Oh, my uh, God. Wouldn't that? It would just be for people like us, oh. like for old 30 something white dudes that just sat in their house every morning and watched X-Men cartoons. But yeah, it would be nice. It would. I know that uh, Spider-Man plays a role. Uh, I don't believe Tom yes. Holland plays Spider-Man, but they are going to explore Spider-Man a bit because, again, you don't uh, because this is TV and this is animation. Uh, Marvel, I, I assume, still has the rights. Uh, mm. This isn't this isn't covered by Sony. So um, that's that's going to be fun. So maybe Regardless. we could see maybe they could see like some Spider-Man animated series stuff. That'd yeah, be kind of fun. That or yeah, like cameos from maybe any of the Sony properties might be interesting. Not that they would necessarily. Do I don't that, think we're going to see Venom. I don't, I don't no, think that they're going to. No, I'm saying maybe like suddenly Spider-Man is voiced by like Andrew Garfield or oh. um, uh, Jake Johnson from Spider-Verse or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. No, they're just going to get a, a, a cutesy little Tom Holland type person i think but it would <laughs> be got fun. an english accent and everything yeah yeah it would <laughs> be fun to really drive it home it would be fun if they just do like spider-verse but marvel what if mm -hmm. like you know what if miles morales ventured into the spider-verse you know <laughs> yeah, there we go I'm, there you I'm go totally fine with it yep all right so with all that out of the way thanks for for listening to our discussion but i want to now toss it to the interview i recently conducted with ac bradley and brian andrews the head writer and director, respectively, of What If. And for those unaware, the series debuts on Disney Plus on August 11th, which is probably the day you're listening to this, and will air new episodes weekly. Uh, and again, it already has been picked up for season two, because again, with animation, it takes forever to, to do. So they have to plan this stuff well in advance, which is something they will talk about in the interview. Um, because believe it or not, they didn't know Loki was going to be a thing when they started making What If. So that's fine. <laughs> So uh, oh, that is entertaining. Yeah, Mike, uh, thanks for, for talking Marvel with me once again. And, and for everybody listening, stick around. Thanks. I would have been doing it to the wall anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or your, your newborn baby or your infant baby, I should say, who doesn't yeah. speak English. And yeah, she'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> You guys do What If, and if you guys are, if people are fans of the comics, they know that What If is kind of a, a staple of Marvel over the decades, exploring like various, you know, what ifs. And so uh, when it was announced, everybody's like, oh, that's a cool concept. But then Loki happens and Loki kickstarts the multiverse in a way that fans got really excited about. So was that always the plan that you guys were going to, to follow up Loki? And did you know that like the multiverse was going to be the hot topic? we knew early on the multiverse was going to be part of phase four and um, because animation I always joke is the medium of patience we started production back in like October 2018 right we had a meeting with the Loki team just to kind of discuss multiverse rules but kind of the decision was was that we'd go have fun and play with it and we'll leave the actual rule setting to them yeah that's easy enough right Mm -hmm. uh, Brian, when you were, because you're the director and, and, you know, directing animation, like, like uh, what AC just said is, is a long process. Yeah. So was that ever in your mind, like, you know, playing in the multiverse with Loki or were you just focused on the stories you guys were telling? 
we were focused on the stories that we were telling because, you know, for a while we weren't sure what anyone else was doing. And then, you know, we're working on it and suddenly we hear, oh yeah, Doctor Strange 2, we're, they're finally doing that. And it's going to be Multiverse of Madness. We're like, what? And then time <laughs> goes on like, oh, Loki's going to have his, his own show. We're like, oh, that's cool. I want to see some more Loki. And then eventually we find out, oh, it's going to be about the TV and all this stuff. Wait, wait, what? You know, but by then we're like way, way moving forward. So it's a question that, you know, at least, you know, it's almost like skiers, like, going down the mountain we're ahead they're coming up behind it they can see everything that we're doing and they can adjust accordingly we're just like we hear that there's some shit going on behind us but, you know <laughs> we don't know the details until they zoom and they go past us and they came out and we're like oh okay but we're like you know set in stone already so yeah um it'll be interesting to see now once ours comes out what the big minds up top have in store and and where cross-pollinizations may or may not happen i mean we have no idea where they want to go with it i know they know right uh, but but we don't know yet so because this was our task and boom here here it is speaking of that i want to ask you guys when uh when you're presented with this idea of doing what if were your minds immediately running wild with what ifs or were what did you know kevin feige say oh that's cute but i got six stories i need you guys to tell <laughs> no it was actually pretty open ground which was kind of surprising and nice i was kind of shocked when i was first brought into the room to like hear like you don't never, you never know why you're meeting at marvel until you're sitting at the conference room with a bottle of water <laughs> which i obviously <laughs> just needed um and so when brad was like we want to do what if and i went okay who's your character like who's the lead he went no no it's all of them like it's all you go and have fun across the multiverse kevin was pretty open to anything we threw to him the only one i was aware of um, was I was asked to get the job to pitch a version of First Avenger, Captain America, where he fell off the train, where Steve falls right. off the train. So I pitched this whole thing. And I, like, you know, I went into like why I went for the story and yada, yada, yada. And I get the job. And then I found out, yeah, we're not doing that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, worked hard, but okay. And anyway, we want to actually do Peggy as a lead, but we're keeping that quiet. So let's do, how do we make Peggy the First Avenger? I was like, okay, that's a little different, but that's actually an even better idea. Let me let me go play with it. That's awesome. Um, when when you guys are tackling characters that are are completely known quantities, and you're getting the actors a lot of the time mm -hmm. to to voice them, um, was there any sort of input from people? because we all know that James Gunn likes to be involved with the Guardians and Ryan Coogler kind of has his stamp on T'Challa and Black Panther. So was there any sort of like discussion with these filmmakers? Like, hey, we're taking your toys and we're going to flip them on their head. Um, a few times I know the scripts were sent to the directors of other projects and the producers usually weighed in on. So like Nate Moore and Ryan Coogler weighed in on our Black Panther episodes and they were great. <laughs> they were just like, you know, if we... Basically, it's if we had anything wrong, mm -hmm. anything <laughs> to get notes back being like, that doesn't happen in Wakanda. And I was like, oh, I did not know that. Okay. Did not know that we were that. How dead. dare you? Um, but usually they're really supportive. Mm -hmm. And usually once there was like, if you're like, we want to do, we want to do an episode about X character and we know there's going to be a, a movie about them. They would open up. They'd be like, here, come on in. We'll tell you what we're planning so you don't yep. step into it. And we'll show you our designs. And usually it was pretty collaborative, right, Brian? Yeah, it's absolutely collaborative. And and we need, you know, it's great to have that guidance because they established this. You know, here's, here's a movie that they did, like, especially with, 
Ryan Coogler and Nate, there it's like Black Panther, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, here, here's our episode. It's <laughs> like, we need the blessing of the people that actually made that thing a reality. It's, and so they can say, yes, yes. And it was actually great because we had one sticking point, a small detail that we needed an answer for, because we didn't feel like we should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And for T'Challa's ship you know um we needed he needed to name it and we're like what's he gonna name it and we're thinking of some things we're like no 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 and we asked we asked nate we asked everybody we asked chadwick and and we never heard back from anyone for for a while but finally i think it got to um, ryan coogler and um if i remember correctly and you know big wigs can correct me if i'm incorrect but i i thought ryan coogler finally got back to us he's like oh it's mandela he would name it mandela because it's Mm -hmm. like that is basically you know, it, it's 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 an inspiration for Chadwick, but but I think when they were developing the character of T'Challa, that 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 in their minds, mm-hmm. T'Challa was, was like, oh yeah, Nelson Mandela, he's he's yes, you know what I mean. So it would make sense that the eight-year-old, you know, uh, T'Challa when he got in space, you know, he, he he's not going to name it the Milano, <laughs> you know, uh, he's going to name it something else. He named it the Mandela, and we're like, yes, but that's the type of excellent support that we have, and we have this bevy of amazing people that work on all these crazy projects and we're like uh opinion and be like a bang and give us a little thing that helps us out it's great so um we I only got a short amount of time with you so i'm going to get to another thing that you touched on earlier brian you mentioned you know you guys don't know what's going to happen in the future whether that's true or not i'm going to take you on your word but <laughs> <laughs> we know um, some things but not everything yeah. right 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 and 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 you mentioned captain carter you mentioned t'challa this version of t'challa you mentioned the, people watch it there will be various characters that stand out on each episode sure. so are there any that you're hyped to see eventually possibly go to live action or you know maybe play with again i mean <laughs> captain carter obviously needs to we need a movie right totally i would love to see a movie of, of captain carter absolutely are you kidding me and like Haley's like fully trained now because mission impossible she's ready to go Hells to the yeah. I've, yes, I would love <laughs> Carter for real in live action. Um, AC, any any standout characters you'd like to see crossover? Oh, I can't wait until I'm ho- I'm hoping they bring the Watcher. They bring Jeffrey Wright into yes. the into the live action movies. Like the Watcher is so cool in the comic books because whenever he shows up, shit's about to roll. <laughs> yeah yeah comic book fans will know that for sure mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I gotta wrap up and and i want to just quickly if if either of you guys or both of you guys can answer this if there is one character if you had free reign what if you had free reigns of spider-man x-men all the marvel characters what's the story you guys are interested in telling or the character that you'd be i psyched to to bring that animation even or live action wow huh that's a good one in the marvel universe yeah they usually answer I mean, that with like a DC answer. Uh, well, you can, hey, you can cross sides. I'm not, you know, I'm agnostic, whatever you want. I don't want to step in anything in Marvel. I don't want to guess okay. something by accident. I've guessed things in the movies and then gotten like felt really bad. I've always want, I love, I'm a big fan of the Batman family. Uh, I would love okay. to do something in the Bat fam. <laughs> what if Batman joined the MCU? He'd be awesome. Him and Tony Stark would be really good drinking buddies. I Come mean, it's, it's been said that, that 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 Batman basically is a Marvel character. You know what I mean? Like, right. the way he is and the, the the everything they bring. You know, it's basically what Marvel does. You know, there's a number of other DC characters that maybe don't fuck. But yeah, I've heard other people that know comics way more than I do come pontificate and they say technically. Blah, yeah, Batman yeah. is actually, well, actually more Marvel than DC. You know what I mean? Based yeah. on what he goes through and the stuff, the, the, yeah, the loss and the. That's probably why I like. I love um, the Red Hood run. That's my favorite. Yeah, 
Very good, very good, Jason Todd. Um, so yeah, we got to wrap up now, but uh, everybody check out What If, especially if you're comic book nerds like me, you guys will love it. And it comes out August 11th. Thanks, AC and Brian, for joining me. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you.